0: Hi, and welcome to Women at Warp, a Star Trek podcast. Join us on our continuing mission to explore intersectional diversity in infinite combinations. My name is Kennedy, and thanks for tuning in.
1: With me today is Grace. Hey, everybody. I'm all dressed up with nowhere to go but boldly forward.
0: (laughs) And we are thrilled to welcome a very special guest today, Strange New World's costume designer, Bernadette Croft. But before we get into our interview, we have a little bit of housekeeping to do first. Our show is made possible by our patrons on Patreon. If you'd like to become a patron, you can do so for as little as $1 a month and get awesome rewards from thanks on social media to silly watch-along commentaries. Visit patreon.com slash women at warp. Looking for podcast merch? Check out our Tee Public store. There are so many designs, with new ones being added all the time, and so much more than just t-shirts. Find it at teepublic.com slash stores slash women at warp. And now, the, the piece de resistance, as you were,
1: here is the interview. Ah. Bernadette, welcome. Thank you so much for coming. It's a pleasure to have you. Would you like to tell us a little bit about yourself and how you ended up working on Strange New Worlds?
2: Yeah, sure. So I studied design for theatre and uh, television in in Australia. So I went to a kind of a rural university called Wagga Wagga, and we just learned all the different kind of uh, positions in TV production. And I gravitated towards costumes. I just loved how powerful costumes were as a storytelling tool. And so, yeah, I can just, I could, you know, just develop that, that love from, from there. So yeah, I did that. And then I kind of did some work placements and from my work placements got, got show calls and have been working in TV and film for about 18 years. Wow.
0: Wow. Fantastic. Were you always a science fiction fan or did you just kind of fall into it?
2: Yeah, I loved fantasy and sci-fi for sure. Star Trek wasn't something I watched growing up, but now being involved in the show, there's lots of content to catch up on, obviously. (laughs) But yeah, I definitely love period shows as well. Anything where it's another time or place, another kind of reality. Very cool.
1: Well, then you are definitely on the right show. So I was going to ask you saying that you're not that you're fairly new to Star Trek, it must have been really daunting to come into it with 50 years plus worth of iconic Star Trek costuming to work from. Was that daunting at all?
2: Yeah, definitely daunting. But what's great is that there is there is so much content. And if we're doing an episode and we're referencing a particular um, moment from TOS, for instance, I can go back and research it. I've got somewhere to start from. So I really enjoy that element of where we are in canon. But yeah, it's daunting. There's there's so much to consume and the shows are visually very different. So it's really exciting to kind of develop your own visual language, but also pay a march and pay respect to that nostalgia at the same time. So yeah, I think I'll constantly be watching Trek for the rest of my life. is just so much.
1: Welcome to our world. Yeah, <laughs> yeah for real. On yeah. the,
0: on the same token though, right? Like it's one thing to have this, this monstrous beast of content to step into, especially in, in the case of strange new worlds where canonically it's kind of wedged in the, in the beginning of things, as far as the story is concerned, how much were you encouraged to kind of do your own thing? Because I know as a designer, you you want to put your own spin on things. You you want to put your own stamp on it. it like, you want people to know, like, this is a Bernadette Croft piece. <laughs> you know what I mean? So yeah. were you in any way, like, encouraged to do your own thing, despite the fact that you've got this monolithic, you know, iconic look to, to fold into as well?
2: Yeah, I think our producers from the beginning so- said that, you know, we want to pay homage. We want to pay respect. But we want to reimagine as well. These the costume designer, you know, the original designer isn't around anymore. We have to kind of like pay respect uh, to their work, but we have to now go our own way. And I think that's so exciting when there's a new creative team because you all bring in such a, a rich, diverse background of experience and creativity so without you know little combination of heads of department and creatives I think we're concocting this like really cool show and you know it's a hit and we're just so happy that it's resonating with people and I think I'll always you know make sure I'm respectful uh, to Canon because it it does mean a lot to fans sure they they tell me so so (laughs)
0: yeah yeah I bet Finally, on, on this note, I just I just wonder, like, were there looks from previous iterations of Trek that you were like, hmm, let me get my hands on this one? Was there a look that you particularly loved and, and wanted to embellish on? Was there a look that you particularly, you know, disliked and wanted to embellish on? Were there moments like that?
2: I was so lucky in our finale. I got to like tick two of those boxes. One was the monster maroon jacket, from-
0: which looks so ah, much cooler with the yeah, sleeve totally.
2: detail. Yeah. How like, did you do it? How did you make the monster maroon look cool? I uh, know. How? Yeah. I mean, it looked cool anyway. I think it did. I think it was like <laughs> red looks good on everyone. You know, it's a it's great color. It's really striking. But we had to like do our little strange new world spin on it. So for us, it's like, it's fabric. It's the way we add detail, a bit of texture, a bit of shine,
1: mm-hmm. a bit of a
2: sharpness, a bit more fitted. Yeah. It's just like those little tweaks, you know, things aren't exactly right, but it's like, it's also on an t- alternate timeline. So we can kind of like tweak it whichever w- way we want to. There's like definitely a spectrum where we can be totally exact, but that's like, it's too, I think it's like, we're not trying to be like a documentary. We're not trying to right. be like ex- mm-hmm. exactly the same. We just want to reinterpret it a bit. So I was so happy to be able to do the Monster Maroon jackets and also the Romulans. I, oh I love yes. the Romulans and like their cool, like Alexander McQueen style, you know, those Vulcan shots. Oh my gosh. Yes. <laughs> silhouette. And it's so strong and striking and being able to you know look at the motifs like the triangle so mm-hmm. we use that down the sash and but we use like vinyl adhesives and like different textured fabrics and fuse them together to kind of like you know give give the triangles a little bit of elevation and depth and then just adding all that character we did break them down a bit i think break down on costumes is so important to give it life and kind of character. We don't want anything to look too like cookie cutter or theatrical. It's got to look like it's kind of grounded in some kind of reality. So yeah, doing those Romulans was a real highlight for sure. I bet.
1: Talking about sort of striking out on your own in this franchise, um, am I correct in understanding that you did some work previously on Discovery before starting up Strange New Worlds? And was it beneficial to be working on that and working with Gersha Phillips and have that background? And how do you think you guys are striking out differently from that?
2: Yeah, working with Gersha was so beneficial. I don't think I would have, I will be here without Gersha Phillips for sure, like assisting her, kind of observing her attention to detail and her vast knowledge of construction techniques and how important fabric is and manipulating fabric, making it look like alieny, like it's got texture. It, It doesn't look like it's been made by human hands. So being Gersha's assistant on Discovery was was amazing. And I think the difference between our two shows just comes down to like the the premise where we're kind of like we've been told to base more of our um, concepts on the original series. And I think that's just more color a bit more vibrancy. There's just a bit more optimism. So that's the difference where I think discovery is kind of very cool and sleek and the colors are a bit more monochromatic. So style wise, I think that's where our differences lay, but yeah, Gersh is wonderful. And she's just wrapped on this amazing film called Woman King starring Viola. Oh yeah. Yeah. That looks
1: incredible.
2: Yeah. She, she's gonna, she's killing it. And I think even from that film, you can see her level of detail and it's definitely rubbed off on me with um, the costumes I'm doing on Strange New Worlds. Yeah.
0: Sure. The costume, the textile nerd in me (laughs) and a handful of my cosplay friends are, are wondering, like, as you mentioned, there's lots of different textures and things to play with here. How many of these techniques were things that had been developed in the past and, and you finally got a chance to apply them for the first time and how many of them were things that you're like, developing on set, like day of, hey, this seam ripped. How do I make this look cool? Oh, wait, let's make them all this look this way because this works. Were there moments like that? Were there like cosplay meltdowns or
1: any major seat of the pants moments? Right. Well, how
0: how did you because everything looks flawless. So yeah. obviously, like we can't tell. But I'm, I'm curious where any of these newer textures that, you know, were clearly manufactured for theatrical purposes and for the show itself, were those always as functional as they appear to be?
2: Yeah, I think there's definitely a bit of smoke and mirrors
0: Into Okay, you don't have to give them too many, you yeah. don't give too many tapes. Just just curious. That, yeah. that could have been like a yes or no, and we would have been cool yeah. with
2: it. <laughs> but it's like we've got a, a team on set that really um, help with any of those, like, whoops-a-daisy moments where, yeah, like something may look a bit not quite adjusted so they go in before each take and adjust everything and you know straighten anything that that looks crooked or if something does rip or tear or Yeah, like sometimes we don't have a lot of time in prep. So we make things really quickly as fast as we can. We break it down as fast as we can. And, you know, some paint might chip or something might happen. So our team on set are just there being wizards, just like fixing everything before we go to camera. So, yeah, there's definitely like we're definitely not perfect. We try to we aim for perfection. But, yeah, we're just doing our best too. So I think um, the cosplay uh community is like I'm new to it. So I just see everyone's like love and attention to detail. I'm just like so amazed with what people can do without having the technologies and the equipment and the budget that we do. I'm just like so impressed with how they get other materials that are cheaper or easier to find and crafted in a way that looks just like what we did on, on Strange New Worlds. I think that's really cool.
1: I got to ask with Trekkies being notorious nitpickers and super sticklers for detail and knowing that a lot of your costumes are being shown to an audience that's going to want to cosplay them and get creative with that. Was that was that also intimidating knowing that you could see someone coming around in one of your designs at a con or? Oh,
2: I think it's just the most wonderful feeling like how I'm just feel so honored that they, they care so much and they're watching and they're taking an interest in it and yeah trekkies are notorious for being nitpickers. so <laughs> but like we knew that when we started and w- it's okay to not like every single thing that, that comes out of the show that's fine it's totally fine if people love it as well you know you, you can you can like it or not like it but for the costumes that I'm hoping are coming out at cosplay conventions and stuff i I'm really looking forward to it. I guess the only um, convention I've been to is the one in Chicago this year and it yeah. was before our show was out yet. So there was no no one really cosplaying in strange new worlds. But after this, sh- this season's kind of had so much success, I'm going to go to the San Diego Comic-Con and I'm kind of like, oh my goodness, there'll be some cosplayers there and I want to get their pics and like post about it.
1: Oh, you yeah, are in true. for a treat. Yeah. yeah, tell
0: me about it. Yeah. So since we're stepping into this point in and time, <laughs> right, yeah. which is after the beginning of Discovery and before the original series, the women's uniforms on the original series were iconic. They were groundbreaking. They were somehow controversial yet liberating all at the same time considering those costumes and how revealing they were and perhaps you know someone could argue that they were created for the male gaze how did you reapproach imagining them
2: yeah i totally agree with you i think they're iconic i love those dresses but for today it's just not professional i don't think to be wearing something so short to work and you know you being able to see your underwear if you bend over or whatever or I mean, you're you mean your matching bloomies yeah. the starfleet the starfleet issued bloomies so freaking cute but like we just can't do that anymore like it's a, from another time of place and you can love that and it's totally great cuz i do too i think it's just like what the heck were they thinking
1: yeah you don't but, really get your engineering degree so you can run around in a pair of spanks under no. a miniskirt no,
2: it's, it was totally distracting. It really was. And it's like it distracts you from the story, from the character, from the seriousness of a subject matter. So it's just like we definitely wanted to avoid that, but we can still pay tribute to it. We can still reflect on that and be like, okay, let's just reimagine that in another way. So we've done what we call the tunic, which is just like a kind of elongated jacket. We've, we've given it some shaping. If the character wants shaping If that works for them, that's what we do. Otherwise, it's quite just long and straight, and you wear leggings under it. So it's just like you can run, you can fight, you can do stunts or wear pants. Like, we just wanted to have like variations in our uniform because we wanted to show a bit more personality with our characters and also. Give them options like a variety. We wanted to see different silhouettes. Not everyone's the same. People right. are all different shapes and sizes. So we just wanted to kind of like celebrate that.
0: Yeah. It's really appreciated too. Cause when you look at different branches of different folks' militaries, like there's different uniforms there's for different folks, uniforms, you know, yes. they're gendered, which can be a little boring, but. It, it, it's a uniform option. You know, if you feel yeah. like wearing the skirt one day, you can wear the skirt one day and not be out of, out of code, you know? So I think yeah. it's really neat that they were provided multiple options as well.
1: And then everyone can work with their own personal level of comfort with what they're wearing. Right. And if, and it fits like, it's <laughs> so great.
0: Yeah. Like seeing, I mean, this is a different show certainly, but, but seeing Tilly in that uniform showed me like, Oh, here we go. Thick Jones could be in the future too, first Absolutely. and foremost, but we can Absolutely. also be outfitted in a uniform that not only denotes our level of dedication to this organization that we've affiliated ourselves with, but yeah. also like paying homage to the amount of time, energy, and effort it would take for an individual to get to that point too. I don't want to be in Starfleet and my shit doesn't fit.
2: <laughs> exactly. You want to look good. You want to like represent. So it's like, yeah, I think people get confidence from all types of clothing, if it's revealing or if it's a power suit and it's like covering your body or if it's a leather jacket, maybe it's the texture. So yeah, you really have to lean into the individuality that way.
1: To say nothing about the variation and being able to express gender wise, there isn't no like one set male uniform and female uniform. There are different variations again for different comfort levels.
2: Yeah. Any gender should be able to wear any, any of the uniform options for sure. Yes.
1: I've known many a guy wearing a scant for the first time to a Star Trek convention who would definitely agree with you there.
0: And rocking it. Yeah. Rocking it.
1: I've never seen anyone not look fantastic in a scant. Yeah.
2: And they get so much love and attention. Like it's a, it's a good option to go to. Yeah.
0: I agree. Who doesn't want a little a little leg showing if you're on a on a galaxy class <laughs> starship, right? Yeah. Like I'm out yeah. here, I may as well. So speaking yeah. of being on on starships, right? Audiences can have a pretty set idea of what sci-fi looks like. Was there anything you were actively trying to avoid when stepping up, onto the helm? I guess for lack of a yeah. better pardon the phrase,
1: yeah, <laughs> taking guess- over the bridge. Yeah,
2: hey, <laughs> up. Yeah, I think for me, well, in terms of the original series, it's just kind of avoiding that crafty element. Anything that looked not very expensive or rushed or just like you can tell that they have no money and, you know, it's like crafty in terms of like the materials, like foil, <laughs> like from cooking, like, you know, that, you know, it, foil or tin cans, I don't know. just like, A lot that, of upholstery
1: you know, fabric getting upholstery used back then.
2: <laughs> or like crazy lycra body suits for no reason yeah just silly things like that we want to make sure our show looks detailed and grounded and yeah
0: cool what about casual
1: non-uniform wear for characters yeah that's one that people have been getting very excited about with strange new worlds
2: Yes, it's really exciting. I think in terms of the clothing category of athleisure and sportswear, that's the fastest growing area. So we definitely put mood boards together and a lot of it's quite sporty looking. I think if that's the way we're going, that's the way we should kind of like represent that on Strange New Worlds as well. So yeah, any kind of like tech looking fabrics, sci-fi looking shoes and accessories, we, we love to use. That kind of stuff as Yeah, well. those boots were a hit. Those Chicago. Fluvogs, yeah. Yeah, working with Fluvog, they were really cool. So, I got to ask. Yeah.
0: Bernadette, did you get a chance to try the Fluvogs on yet? Have you worn yeah, a pair?
2: I have. I, I, um, so Are they comfortable? ACPs, you got to look- go a size up. Apparently, ah. they, 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 they fit really small.
1: Right. And some
2: people, you have to get a shoehorn to to get in over that back detail, Ooh. other people
1: flip. Okay, right. this is your this is your insider pro tip, it's listeners. Nice yeah, yeah. The insider scoop. But go a size up. Got um, it.
2: I think it's just where the where they were manufactured. They just run a little small. They, but they
0: do look super tight. How's the arch yeah. support? Good arch support. <laughs> Those <laughs> of us do, yeah. are they good
2: arch support? Hell yeah, yeah. and good like rubberized sole, so they they're shock absorbent
1: and yeah. Do you need awesome. arch support mm-hmm. if you're in a low gravity environment? um those of
0: us those of us thick (laughs) girls with plantar fasciitis appreciate the arch support that's good to know because people I guess people weren't getting them at at the con a size up so they looked super rigid and super slender and some folks as they were walking looked like they were in pain but they were trying not to be in pain because they got the new stuff on you know what I mean like I was like I know a painful shoe when I see it it. looks so good this is official merch right just cringing with every step but they were like nope it's new i'm not taking it off we all we all been there with heels you know when you go out yeah, you're just yeah. like i'm not taking these off because my feet will swell yeah. and that'll be the end of it
1: these are jeffrey campbell i can walk and <laughs> now
0: <laughs> these are from the future <laughs> cool 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 so we already covered you're not at all worried about the nitpickers because you're on top of it um (laughs) (laughs) were were there any current fashion trends that factored into this because i mean it's clear that the the tos uniforms were influenced by the 60s and that whole you know new modern feminism wave Mm. was there anything going on nowadays especially with the push for like non-gendered clothing that influenced your choices
2: Absolutely, non-gendered clothing. Again, like I mentioned before, athleisure wear, sportswear, even like fashion runway. At the moment, I just saw the Balenciaga and Scaparelli um, runways yeah. that was just in Paris, and it's just like, wow, it's mind blowing. They're so amazingly creative, these fashion houses, and it's a constant source of inspiration for me. Um, they're just pushing boundaries and elevating. You know. dress by making the sleeve go into a glove you know something cool like that so definitely fashion is an inspiration but i always like to look back at the 60s as well just because we're so close to tos i always love to do a little nod to like a little 60s moment especially with some of the background performers and the odd time um, you know our cast get to wear their civilian clothes like the odd time i just like to reference a little 60s nod if it's maybe in the print or a silhouette you know Um,
0: I love that yeah Yeah. that's why everybody loves the show because of what you've done to it like (laughs) all the performers are doing you know the best they possibly can and that's clear but I think part of the trappings of TOS was like you said, their their wardrobe was contingent upon what they had budget for and what was accessible to them. So the fact that you have this, all of these resources to do all of these things is just like people were going to be looking at the uniforms and now they can't complain about the uniforms because they're flawless. So it's <laughs> like find something else, nitpickers. Find find something else. I mean, just everything this season from from the uniforms, the the nods, as you say, to an era gone by, but I mean, the Ren Faire episode, like, oh, my goodness, <laughs> <laughs> that's how I refer to it anyway. But there was a whole installation for those of you who were unable to make it to Mission Chicago, where we got to see not only glimpses of these uniforms, but also these cool, fun dresses and these cool, fun regal looks as well that I specifically avoided, like the plague, because I was like, oh. I wanted I avoided it because I wanted to see it. You know what I mean? Like I wanted to see it on screen. And I knew that seeing it in real life and seeing how those textures and things could catch light would influence what I would be looking forward to once it aired. So I was like, I don't want to look at this. I just want to see it. I want to see it lit the way it was intended. I want to see it worn by the body that it was fitted for. Like, let me just see it. Because otherwise, I don't know how I'm going to feel. And I'm so glad that I waited because seeing Christina Chong in that dress. Oh, my
2: God. Oh, my goodness. She gave it life. Oh my gosh. No mannequin can match her in that dress. Like she just elevated it. She brought so much whimsy, kind of like fun to it. She was just so good. Absolute credit
1: to all of the performers for being able to wear those costumes and not have the costumes wear them, which sounds like it can be a lot when you're working with a very costumey costume. So
2: absolutely. And that was very, very big costume. But with um, Chrissy's background in dance, she's, she's. she was a professional dancer and also she's done like oh my god parkour oh So she's just gosh. like really good with her body and her the, she can she's strong right so she could carry that dress it was heavy mm. it was like 10 yards of like a sequin fabric that is oh you gosh. know weighty and then yeah. the big hoop skirt and all those layers of tulle underneath she just had to have really good posture the whole time but um yeah we work with such a wonderful cast and they're always up for anything and I think We inspire each other and they see some of our illustrations about, you know, an upcoming episode, and it can really inform their thought process and their um the way that they come to a character. So we love to collaborate in that way.
0: Yeah. And you're right. Now that I'm I'm hearing you say it, like nobody was worn by those costumes. Yes. Everybody wore them, including Celia Gooding's dress as well. Because that's not one. Im, like immaculately constructed piece of a gown that's two oh, in the goodness. same show. Like normally one gown is the stopper, and you're just like, <laughs> oh, bask in this, but you were yeah. like, no, bitches, here's another one. <laughs> yeah. And
2: Celia can strut. Like, yes. she put <sighs> these boots and oh yes, those boots were reflective. I'll have to post what? about it. They're so cool. But, oh like, my like she gosh. would just strut and like take con- like control and was so perfect as the evil queen Nev. Like oh my God, she gave us life. She's so fun in fittings. She's the best. She just brings so much good energy. She gets the music going. It's just really fun.
0: Yeah. Speaking of those boots, were there any elements of either those costumes that we're referencing or the rest, rest of the show that you wish had gotten a little more screen time, but got left on the cutting room floor?
2: Oh, good point. Yeah. The boots, I think, but there was no like really moment for us to show that they were reflected because yeah, I don't know how they would have done that, but we did tell the DOP actually. We we got them tested just in case they did like mm-hmm. a weird effect that, that was distracting. But anyway, yeah, the boots I I would love to have seen more of. What else? I would have loved to have seen Una's costume more. Um mm-hmm. who played, yeah, in her kind of like bow and arrow in that beautiful like armor that we that we constructed.
0: Yeah, it's it was like, like giving Xena 2.0. I was here for yes. it.
2: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yes, our huntress. In a, I think she had the most expensive costume out of. Really? Of yeah. Really? Just because we got wow. that outsourced and, and that constructing that chain mail was like 1100 little scales. So it's just such a time consuming thing. And we had to make multiples because they, they wanted to make sure like someone could look like they could really do this, you know, bow and arrow, you know, pulling technique, you know, but in the end rebecca could do it really well so it was fine that the stunt performer wasn't needed but at the rap party last night our stunt performer she showed me some of the stunt rehearsing that she did for playing the huntress and she looked so cool so i wish like we could see more of like the stunt performing those kind of elements
0: yeah yeah cuz you so that means for every look there's got to be multiples of that look for the stunt folk yeah sheesh
2: yeah it's a lot of work especially if like during the story there's there's a battle and someone gets injured and there's blood or there's Mm -hmm. like space goo or like they've gone through i don't know some kind of like crazy situation and and you need to show that passing of time or whatever's happened in the scene on their costume, if it's debris or a rip or a tear or a burn or whatever. So that's a multiple. So we have to like incorporate that into our timeline when we're building. And so it can get really busy in
0: the costume department for sure. It's for continuity kids. Yeah. yeah. Cause we all know that these nerds would know <laughs> <laughs> they would be on Twitter and a heart and be like, um, technically in this scene. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, Bernadette's like, my fingers are bleeding.
2: <laughs> yeah, we did so much overtime, you guys. Come on. Right. Yeah. I oh, bet. The,
1: the fans are merciless sometimes. Oh, I know.
2: They take their prisoners. <laughs> sometimes it's like, you know, you feel like one of the queens on RuPaul's Drag Race and you're just sit, standing there on the main stage and you're just like, perfect comments and then there's someone who's just like yeah but there's this and you know uh-huh. wasn't quite exactly right I'm like "Ah, oh.
0: no you left oh no God. crumbs oh, no. <laughs> there was no crumbs none whatsoever because I was I already knew about the La Andress because it was so sequenced that you could see it shimmering from behind the walls of the installation so I knew there was <laughs> going to be one I did not know there was going to be another so I was like this now, we showing oh, <laughs> now
2: and- we're showing off now we're showing off and Rukia's little dress. I yes! it was like one oh my of God! my favorites. Like uh, that organza, it was like, had uh, like a plastic weft. So it just had this body and this shine. And our key textile artist, Anna Pencheva, she, it was the most epic ombre dipping of her life. I and was wondering.
0: Just,
2: just gave it so much, yeah, so much magic. It was incredible. And Sage, our actor, she just loved it. Mm-hmm. She, oh. yeah, it was. Yeah, obviously the best thing she's ever won. She's like, this is amazing. So it's, it's just so wonderful to give, you know, our young actors these memories, you know, yeah. so that they can look back on and just be like, wow, look what I look like as a space pin- princess. Express,
0: you know? sp- oh. Nebula princess, princess nebula. Yeah. It's fabulous. Was there a look that you were especially proud of? Like if there was one that you could take home and put behind glass or wear perhaps if it fit you as well.
2: Yeah, I I'm so proud of the fantasy episode. I think the team we really gave it our all for that. We we just loved the premise, the excitement, the like it's such a a positive vibe when we were like creating these magical costumes and the actors got so into it and I would say all of the fantasy costumes are my favorite. I just loved them. Especially in Mbenga, I, I really... Loved,
0: I wasn't going to say yeah. it because everybody loves that dress. Yeah. His crown, yeah. like everything Mbenga had on. I was like, is this space Wakanda? Have we met?
1: Have yeah. we finally
0: reached this point <laughs> in Afrofuturism yeah. where we can retain, you know, cultural, like, elements to regality and also take it into the future and also, like, make someone's complexion pop? Are we there? I think we're yeah. there. And I just... Mm.
2: I'm mm. so happy you like it. I checked in with Gersha about that. I know how important it is to research, especially if it's um, not a culture of, of, you know, that relates to you and I'm a white woman. So I wanted to make sure that I did that respectfully. And Babs has Nigerian heritage and that's his background. And like, you know, re- referencing past and present Nigerian royalty was just so cool, and we um, bought as many beads as we could from Nigeria, like the coral and like oh, the yeah, it's
1: fantastic. Yeah, yeah. He's,
0: I wondered if that coral was like legit coral, if you all just kind of manufactured it. Uh, yeah, coral no, is legit. super important in yeah. Nigerian culture.
2: Yeah, and the crown and, and the other antique motifs that we had. Even even the fabric, the triangles is a very important iconic feature as well. So yeah, I just loved and he was the, he was the heart of the story, along with his daughter, Rikia, just the the love of the father and daughter there and that sacrifice was so heart-wrenching. Hey, totally made me cry. <laughs> oh. But it was just, yeah, it was a really nice costume to 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 build for for Babs.
0: So that one would be your favorite.
2: I'll say that's my, and also Rukia. Okay. Okay. So, that's fine. Daughter. It can
0: be two. There's no yeah, wrong it can be answer. Two for one there.
1: They're, <laughs> yeah. They're connected. They're, They're a set. joint thing. Yeah. If they, if they were sold as dolls, like that yeah, would be would a set. Be, I was yeah. going to say, she would be an accessory to his action figure. And then I'm like, no, she she would be her that own Barbie. That would be a set. Yeah. You know how there's like the
0: TOS Barbie and Ken yeah. set? Yeah. Like I feel like Mbenga and Rukia would be a set in that yeah. part. No, They're just separately. just right, not sold separately, you know, just giving CBS merch ideas, no big deal.
2: Yeah, yeah that cut? These are these are our yeah. ideas. Around. Right. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, can you tell us about some of your other favorite projects outside of track?
2: Ah, uh, yeah, so I got to work on earlier in my career um on The Great Gatsby, which was filmed in Sydney oh my that goodness. was Baz Luhrmann's Yeah. Um, epic film, um, uh, the costume designer was Catherine Martin. And so that just, like, opened my world to, like, opulence and, like, the importance of detail again and being involved in those big party scenes, I helped dress background. Um, but, yeah, yeah going to the, we had a Prada room like every all the oh shoes my were my and like the dresses and it's just like oh I'm just gonna go and get this you know shawl from the Prada room so that was really fun
1: working on a project like that on a Boz Lerman project that probably gives you a greater appreciation for minimalism in the future be like okay what if we went simple what if yeah. we went simple
2: yeah l- less less sequins and beads but <laughs> I mean we did sequins and beads so yeah you know but yeah, I loved that. And I, on the other end, you know, when I've moved to uh, Toronto here in Canada, um, I worked on a show up north called Cardinal and it was just a, a crime story, a true crime story. But for me, I love travel and being able to like to go somewhere new was really great. And even though that show is the opposite to like something like The Great Gatsby, it was very based in realism and everything had to look so real. It looked like a documentary. It was very grounded and monochromatic color palette. So I really just like enjoy, I guess, the art of costuming and being able to kind of like, yeah, tell these different stories through costuming, whether it's like opulent or super real, you know, I think it's, it's all so amazing. So Yeah, those were a couple of my favorites and I worked on a show called Rain, which was Mary Queen of Scots from the 16th century and uh, Meredith Markworth Pollock was the costume designer and she has really helped me in my career and really gave me such creative confidence. I was able to help her design some of the, the day players and some of the main cast costumes and I think, you know, seeing all of those opulent fabrics and the way we you know, added trims and embellishments was um, such a wonderful training ground for where I'm at today as well. So, yeah, they're, they're some of my past faves.
1: You've got an incredible spectrum of work in your background. It's really impressive. Right. Yeah, I that's,
0: that, I think that's the most, that's the coolest part, right? Because with those old TOS episodes, you can tell which ones had access to like, the budget Fair set right which which episodes had a budget and like a costume person and then which ones just had access to an old lot <laughs> and yeah. the keys to the closet <laughs> and just trying to figure it out and trying to make it work because... we can spray paint this another color and it'll work right right, right. We'll we'll just literally... dye it grab yeah, this now dye be it it'll be, yeah it'll be great no one will t- we'll edit it and post it'll be great yeah. we'll We'll put a light on it. If we put enough Vaseline on the screen, no one will notice. No one will know. It'll look like an organic ombre. I promise. What would you like the chance to do next? Now that you've shown us your minimalist, your sci-fi, your fancy, your fantasy, like what was something that would you like to do? Yeah. Going what.
1: Forward? What's your reach for the stars, Hope? Oh, wow. Hey,
0: I see what you did there.
1: Uh, hey. I, love, I just love reaching for the stars
2: nonstop. I mean, I think, wouldn't it be cool if we did a film that centered on our Strange New Worlds characters? Maybe we kind of elevate them even more and we can follow around some of the characters that we didn't see much this season like maybe Hema can come back I don't know oh. <sighs> please, or please, we please. find out how Tagus like has such cool sword skills like where did, where did that come from I don't know I'd love to I'd love there to be like a strange new worlds film that would be
0: cool mm. but anything yeah. sci-fi
2: fantasy I just love anything period anything yeah from another time or place.
0: I would love to see both you and Gersha figure something out, like either tag team or trade-off, whichever. I'm flexible. I'm I'm probably gonna be happy with both. <laughs> um, but like on other species that we've seen in track that we might not have seen much of in Discovery yet. Oh yeah. So I would love to see your take on like what Klingon everyday life would be like, right? Because they play with oh, a lot yeah. of jewel tones. They yeah. also play with different textures too. I would love to see your take on what Cardassians would wear. Mm-hmm. I would love <laughs> to see what patterns. what would Ferengi look you like know. to you? You already know. <laughs> I was about to say which patterns are going on Brunt's new coat. Like, I just need to know what's happening. So... I need more than one suit. I'm telling you. Yeah, because Brent only got the one, so we definitely need Bernadette to get to make yeah. Brent a suit. Because we all know we've all clocked his wardrobe. Yeah, he needs a um, closet. Yeah, were there any other species that you would love to to play around with or develop for the first time or or reimagine in any way?
2: Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head. The Klingons would be really amazing, and I think when you're developing an idea or concept. What we do is we just, uh, you know, offer up options to the producers. So if I got a Klingon, for instance, I would do lots of different variations. Like I would do a spectrum, you know, on okay. something that looks Tell like me everything because to TOS, something that looks like close to discovery. And then we kind of find a balance and and mm-hmm. that's how I would approach it, I
0: would say. Okay.
1: Oh, right. I'm excited now. Yeah, oh yeah.
0: Yeah. So if we're looking at like Disco, TOS, Klingons, it's less jewel tones, more textures. I'm with it. Yeah, I'm with it. I'm with it. I feel like the jewel tones can come later. That can come later in the 2300s. We can we can aspire to that, but it's got to come from somewhere. Mm.
1: Oh, my gosh.
2: Uh, What about you guys? What what kind of? What do you want to see next on Strange and World? Oh, like my what, what God.
1: What alien? Grace, you go first.
2: Okay, I'll oh write my... them down and I'll send them to Henry and Akiva. Okay. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Now I'm
1: going to just forget okay. the name of every species forever. But um, I love me the Bajorans. I love seeing how people interpret it, especially because we got them very much only seen through the perspective of one designer through the course of TNG and DS9. So I would love to see another designer try and play around with that a little bit and then by contrast I'd like to see the Cardassians just because it's very interesting to see them as kind of polar opposites and seeing what you can do with that yeah also I'd be a sucker if I didn't say the Borg because everybody likes a Borg look but that probably wouldn't work in this continuity
2: right they weren't around in this timeline
0: No, yeah
1: mm. but I can
2: dream yeah right? of and with time travel you never know what happens
0: you really don't right. Right. I mean space that wild and crazy place. Yeah. I mean I yeah, I gave my big ones, the, the Klingons and the Cardassians, just because like I said, there's so many cool Okay.
1: So there's uh, two for Cardassians there. Right. Okay. But I, write that down, for, write that down. For, Sorry. Yep, scored that. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. I've got one. I've got one. I've got one. Okay. I've got one. We've we've got a Prepare yourselves for a minute here. We got to say the Betazoids, just so we know what culture Luxana Troy oh came from. God. The big, most flamboyant gown wearer in all of Star Trek of the 90s. Oh
0: my gosh, the trains. Everyone's got a train. Even the menfolk. <laughs> the mask looks have trains. Everyone's ne- got a train on beta <laughs> I need to know what world
1: exists where that's just casual wear.
0: Just everybody. Everybody's got a train. You can have a, a, a short little waistcoat, but it's got tail honey and it drags <laughs> it's got weight it's got body you I have say... outfit specific wigs you wear right. antique
2: brooches and guys my i've got heart palpitations this is like everything to me
0: so <laughs> my other favorite species that we see very little of are the boleans yeah. they're, they're uh, the blue folk with the the permeated ridge down their face
1: yes we always
0: see them in the background
1: Yep. and they make for a good eye catching extra. Right. Yeah.
0: Because we always see them in the background. I've noticed that the actors portraying them kind of run the spectrum as well. So you get lots of different skin tones underneath that blue. Yeah, So the yeah. makeup artist gets to play with a lot of different blues to pull that out of one skin. Right. Yeah. But they always put them in very monochromatic colors. Either they're in a uniform. So they're wearing whatever, whatever division they're in. Or it's like a yellow or, or like a golden rod to make that blue pop. And I just wondered, how, like, what Bolian fashion would look like, right? Because they have a natural resistance to acidic things, so they can probably wear textiles that other might be abrasive to certain species ah, you know right another fun fact i because here we go spiraling down the star trek nerd it's hole. rabbit hole um, have you forgotten
1: what show you're on seriously <laughs> right.
0: so i've read that they're in, like in the books the cardassians will wear sounds terrible bullion skin accessories so kind of oh, how we wear horrifying. yeah kind of how we wear like gator or skin print stuff they will wear bullion skin things because the blue pops off of their skin tone. So, you know how like...
1: And because they're terrible. Yeah. Right. Because they're
0: horrible, horrible people. Um, but, you know, how like the, the Cardassian women will wear like blue in their spoon. Yeah, like they yeah. wear those blues to to pop off their skin as well. So, they're, I'm talking like bullion skin. I hate even saying that. Bullion skin purses you know belts like that kind of stuff so knowing that their skin is prized in that way imagine what kind of textures would be neat to pop off of that and accentuate it because i can't imagine someone being a Bolian and knowing how singular they look like they're one of two blue species in Trek that we know of so would, how cool would it be like what i'm curious to what colors one would use outside of like the golds and the grays that they tend to put them in
1: It'd probably be too much to hope that there's an ethical Bolian skin market, wouldn't it? No, it's no such thing. <laughs> they couldn't Alexander McQueen it and have like no. cloning it in a
0: tank. You'd have to like get some other type of 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 printed flesh like material and dye it maybe a Bolian blue. But the knockoff
1: market must be interesting.
0: Yeah, right. <laughs> Fell off a truck. I Fell off a
1: transport.
2: I wonder if anyone's cosplayed this. This is another great idea, Kennedy.
1: Bolian um, bolians are difficult because things. of the blue yeah but but bullion skin and also the bald head uh, yeah. gives some people challenge but yeah, yeah. i think bolian. we got to see more of that
0: i think i think people have strayed away from bolians as a whole as like cosplaying because of how difficult the makeup is yeah. um and i don't know if anyone's as much of a nerd as me to research what carnassians were doing with bolian flesh <laughs> to, to put it in a uniform so i i I don't know of any like firsthand, but I, I wouldn't be surprised because I refuse to believe I'm the only one on that level. Um, but yeah, I very rarely see Bolians because like like Grace was saying, that bald head is difficult to achieve. A bald
2: cap is hours of work. Yeah. yeah. And to, to get it all blended, all that makeup, oh yeah. To walk around a con all day or for three days, it's that's a lot of
0: work. Right.
1: I would love for there to be more Bolian characters and stuff that our friends who don't have any hair show off. Yeah. You know?
2: But can you have hair as a Bolian? Oh
1: no, I haven't really. We've have established that you there's at least put- one Bolian wearing a toupee to pick up women. Oh, there you go. Yeah, right.
0: And then there was an episode in TNG where we met a Bolian woman, but she ended up being a facsimile. She was a plant. Yeah. Okay. So, um, oh, no.
1: yeah, that was the nuns don't wear lipstick moment of gotcha. Right, right, right. <laughs> Bolians don't have hair. Yeah.
0: So we don't. That's the only Bolian we've seen with hair, and technically they weren't really a bully in any way so.
1: we do have the bully and barber so we know there's at least an interest in hair yeah we know they know Ooh, what they're doing yeah That's nice yeah he's the best
0: but yeah That's barber
1: on the uss enterprise
0: <laughs> which is hilarious seeing picard sit in a barber seat <laughs>
1: but you know we digress we digress
0: yeah, yeah. um yeah. So I would love to see Bolians. I would love to see your interpretation of Cardassian Car- athleisure wear. <laughs> um, I would love to see a, a reimagination of, of their uniform because um, it is and- very armory and rigid. You can tell some of the actors were struggling with it.
1: Yeah. And based on what we've seen this past season, we'd just love to see more from you.
2: Okay. Well, you've got it. Okay. So we've just <laughs> season two and I can safely say it's going to be very exciting and you'll be happy.
1: Excellent. you're gonna be happy i hope is, you will be is there anything you like can't tell us about but that you would like to drop hints about i think we've discussed a
2: couple of options that may or may not be yeah represented in
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay cool that's nice and, uh, and clandestine
1: that yeah that's yeah. that's sufficiently vague. don't Keep worry vague. yeah I won't get fired yeah
0: no 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 of course yeah. not in fact we never had this conversation <laughs>
1: Did no, what's a podcast? I, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> so cool. People only talk on the radio. Yes.
0: No, <laughs> so it's a
2: really exciting season. It's oh. um yeah. Push the boundaries on, on some things for sure. Excellent. We're very well, Bern- excited.
1: Yeah. And Bernadette it has been an absolute delight having you here today. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank
2: you for having me. I'm such a fan of the podcast and oh. I can't wait to hear more of your insights. It's incredible.
1: Oh
0: my gosh. Yes. Thank you so much for listening. We appreciate you and we appreciate yes. everything you do. Yeah. Okay. So yeah.
1: Bernadette, is there anywhere uh, people can find more from you on the internet if they're more interested in your thoughts and work?
2: I would follow my Instagram page at Berncroft, B-E-R-N-C-R-O-F-T. And I love to post um, costumes that we've um, had on the show and. Give our fans a bit of detail.
1: Yay. Yeah. Fabulous. And Kennedy, where can people find more from you online?
0: Uh, sure. You can find me on both Instagram and Twitter at that Mikey chick. That's that M I K E Y C H I C K. Don't act up in my comments. Cause I will drag you publicly before blocking you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I hate that. I have to say it, but it's true, Bernadette. They try me every time. <laughs> and oh. grace, where can folks find you on the internet?
1: You can find me on Twitter at bonecrusherjank and having an out-of-body experience at the thought of a secret Star Trek professional mood board. Because my my mind left my body for a minute there at the thought of that.
0: Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> a Star Trek mood board. That's I make them
1: already for fun. So <laughs> knowing nice. that that's something that is done in a professional capacity. Like- Capacity warms my heart. I know. I
2: can't believe that I get to do this job. It's crazy. I'm literally uh, doing Star Trek mood boards. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so cool. To learn more about our show or to contact us, visit women at Email us at crew at women at or find us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram at women at warp. Thanks so much for listening. Say goodnight, Grace. Good night,
1: Grace.